0: Coming up on this episode of the Unusable Podcast Product Led Growth.
1: Skype steals focus. Charging a battery sets Andy's house on fire. Welcome to the unusual podcast where we discuss the importance of user experience in technology and the world around us and talk about great design that just works or moan about it when it doesn't hello andrew hi david hi yeah everything's everything's going perfectly fine today isn't it no technical (laughs) problems at all what's gone
0: wrong david what's gone wrong
1: oh just things you know everything's going wrong in fact i've had a just a bad day in general with technology but i mean it's too complicated to get into just websites and stuff
0: drupal stuff stuff not working oh drupal oh yeah okay exactly that does not sound like a like a recipe for success
1: what's that noise there oh you're popping a cork
0: i am popping a cork uh so (laughs) tonight's drink of choice is this which is called it's a whiskey and it's called seaweed and aeons and digging and fire
1: seaweed whiskey lovely yep it's uh, touching right, on bad. some uh, peroni just on the lager you say mainstream i need a good drink after uh, today but someone someone made a comment
0: about our podcast it's better when we're drunk so
1: <laughs> you know there's a, there, there's a really good uh, podcast called the drunken UX podcast, and they they talk about the same thing that we talk about, but they're so much better than us because uh, they're prepared. They research their topics, and um, but the thing is, but they they are they're, they're American, but we can sort of let them off for that. <laughs> um, but they uh, they're called the Drunken UX, but I think that we get drunker. Do you reckon? Yeah, I think we should end. be the Drunker the UX podcast.
0: Maybe. I don't know if that's the measure of quality, though, is it? (laughs) How drunk the hosts get.
1: (laughs) It it definitely isn't. (laughs) Right, okay. Anyway, uh, enough of this random nonsense. What are we talking about today? I thought we could have a little delve into the world of product-led growth. Right, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I don't know if we should recognise what's going on, but my wife just sort of opened the door and crawled in. It was <laughs> I told her that we're not recording a video, but she seems to think that, that she needs to crawl through. <laughs> like she's practicing um... <laughs> Oh my god. Oh that was Everything's going wrong today. this just everything's going that wrong. That was magnificent. No, so it's it's fine it looked like when you were a kid did you ever have to um, practice how to escape your house if there was a fire you had to crawl crawl underneath the smoke <laughs> we had that we had a yeah you know, a fireman came to the school and told us how to how to do it anyway nothing that's <laughs> this is all completely irrelevant <laughs> oh my god how long can we i'm sure whenever we record a podcast the length of you know the the, the short bit of ridiculous banter at the start before we get onto to the proper topic just it seems to be getting longer and longer that's probably and more ridiculous that's probably the
0: best bit of the podcast though isn't it <laughs>
1: that's, yeah i imagine people just turn off when it gets to the uh the actual actual topic <laughs> right what are we talking about andrew product led growth uh oh god right well have you heard about it before only when you described it yesterday and in fact it sounds such a boring topic but you did describe it in such a a nice way that i have allowed you to to talk about it again (laughs) so don't don't let me down I've i've been given permission
0: so uh okay okay you put the pressure on now absolutely so traditionally people would sell things specifically software with a sales team right they would okay you would you would phone someone up you would try and explain to them the benefits of your software but what product led yeah. growth is is it's the field of study into giving people a I'm, i am doing this so badly i am doing this so badly
1: oh my god the when you described it to me you made it sound like such an interesting uh, topic to, to talk about.
0: I think it is genuinely interesting. I'm just, I'm just okay. not being eloquent right now. Um, okay. So, so basically, you're letting the product do the talking for you. So, you know, if you if you've been to use a product like, say, Slack or Figma, these products mm-hmm. tend to have like a free trial, don't they? Uh, yeah. Okay. And that allows you, the user, to experience the value of it almost straight away you know there's no yeah okay. you don't need a sales pitch you don't need you don't need to read loads of marketing material you just you just get into the product there's excellent onboarding there's training it just or it's obvious it's just yeah, yeah. it's it, but the, the idea is for a company that sells software yeah is you can do away with your sales team or you can slim down your sales team Instead, you replace that with just having a great product and letting people try it out.
1: This all sounds like something that is completely not new. This is just a demo, isn't it? Well,
0: yeah. Like like all the best things, it's not new. It's just someone's given it a name. and Oh, okay. Uh, so it's become
1: a thing now that it's got a name.
0: But I also think it's creeping more so into business software. So I think if you go back 20 years, uh, in a large business, yeah. if you were buying software like something awful like Salesforce, you would have a salesperson <laughs> It is awful. If you've used Salesforce, it's awful. Alright, um, right, okay, fine. But you would you would have a salesperson talk to you about the benefits and you don't really get to see what it does. You just get told how it's going to improve your life.
1: Yeah, okay. Whereas you
0: fast forward today, you think about something like Slack and it's very different. People just sign up for it online and they, they instantly get a free trial and they go, "Oh, it's amazing." And then they invite all their colleagues and then before you know it you're on Slack and then, you know, and then you need to use maybe an extra feature or an option that suddenly means you need to put a credit card in and then before you know it you've paid. Yeah, okay. But it's the reason I think it's interesting for us and our audience is that it's using the user experience to sell the product. So
1: of course, yeah.
0: So you're ba- you're basically using the the, the UX, um, yeah, as your sales team. So rather yeah, than investing, okay. rather than investing in uh, salespeople, rather than investing in you know sales culture, you're 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 actually investing in your product. If you make your product amazing, if you make the onboarding amazing, if you give it then as a free trial, then people should be wowed sufficiently by it, yeah, yeah, that that they want to buy it. They just want to upgrade.
1: I think what you're kind. of... What you're describing here is something that's I'm probably so used to software that does this kind of thing that I've completely forgotten about the old way. Because big businesses probably work in a very different way to how I work. You know, me as a, I mean, I I do work for a company, but we're a small company. And if if I start using a new software tool, for example, I'll play with it, I'll, I'll get it. I'll play about with it, and then I'll immediately know the benefits. But for a big company, I suppose it probably doesn't work like that, does it? They have to be sort of told by a salesperson what they need and almost mm. forced for, force, <laughs> force it into their kind of process because a big company has like a million people working for them. So they can't just all be messing about with uh, experimenting with different software types, can they, I suppose? Yeah, exactly.
0: Exactly. Yeah. I mean, traditionally, especially in business software, you're right. It was a sales team who would go out and... Yeah, but knock down those doors at
1: Knock down the doors? That's a a different uh, sort
0: of sales team. Metaphorically speaking, they'd be knocking down the door, wouldn't they, at the the client?
1: Yeah. They'd probably be giving a demo of some sort, though.
0: Yeah, potentially. But that demo probably
1: would be, like, handheld.
0: Yes, it might be staged, you know. It might be carefully architected, for example.
1: This makes me think, then, I I don't know if I'm going too far into this concept, but the way that you sort of said that people sign up for software and then they go through like a, a tutorial or whatever it explains all the benefits and and the the thing sort of sells itself and explains itself it makes me think of games specifically like mobile games have you ever seen um like an advert for it's bit weird to explain this but have you ever seen an advert for a game that sort of shows you how the game is to sort of <clears throat> try and get you to um be hooked on the game so you mean you can actually so like play it. playing it yeah. So they go. Oh well. Um, farm some crops, and then you've got some wheat that you can feed to your pigs, and then you can make some soldiers, and then you can move your soldiers to attack someone. That sort of thing. You know, those sort of games are quite popular on mobile. They seem to be. Yeah. A a
0: but what? So you get to. Is
1: it is it is it that sort of thing that kind of gets you hooked into the game without explaining what the game is? You just thrown straight into it. Uh,
0: yeah. Yeah. It's it's. It's wowing people with some value. You, you, you're giving people value before they've spent yeah. any money. That's what you're doing. So they've come to your to your website, say, for example, Figma. You go to yeah. Figma's website, you put an email address in. Within minutes, you're in the actual tool itself, designing stuff. And it's so self-explanatory. That's a
1: good point, because Figma is a online design tool, isn't yeah. it? Yeah,
0: but within, within minutes, you're designing stuff. And it's so obvious, and it's so brilliant that... You know, the the onboarding where it tells you how to work it for the first time is so good that before you know it, you've told all your friends about this amazing tool.
1: That's a good point, yeah.
0: And then you you start using it without even thinking about it. Yeah, And then three weeks later or a month later, it then says, oh, but you want to just do this thing. Put your credit card in and you can buy it. And, and you do that. You have basically sold, you know, Figma doesn't have a sales team going around design agencies saying, use our tool instead of InDesign or whatever people were using before. Yeah, yeah. They, It's it's just sells itself. The product sells itself. And it only does that though. The important thing is it only does that because it has a brilliant user experience.
1: Right. Okay. So that is, that's the key thing, isn't it? They've really thought about how to make something that's good.
0: They've got a great product and they've got a great onboarding journey. I think you have to have those two things. You have to, you have to have a brilliant product that gives value. Yeah. And people have to be able to get value from it quickly without needing specialist training. So it's no good. You know, your product could be brilliant, but if you've got a, you know if you need a manual to 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 understand it it's it's not going to work it it, it yeah, needs okay. to be uh it needs to either be self-explanatory or have you know brilliant uh guided onboarding that shows you how to use it for the first time
1: so are the days numbered for rubbish software that has no benefit um
0: i think i think rubbish is always relative isn't it though because what we're saying is rubbish was pretty state of the art 20 years ago so i think yeah, I rubbish of course, always, I suppose... I think things are always... The, the days are always numbered for things, aren't they? You know, there's always something good, new going to come along and you either have to evolve or...
1: I suppose that's what, what I mean. Die. I mean that the, the bar is always uh, getting higher. People expect better software... Better yeah. software uh, comes out that sort of entices people away from the other software, and then that cycle just kind of continues. Yeah. So this is just uh, another way of like the bar getting getting higher. And I think so. Software is proving itself to be better just by just by being good, isn't it? Yeah.
0: But I think the thing that's changed is that businesses are now buying software a bit like how consumers have always bought stuff. So if you think, oh, okay, for, for the longest time, if you wanted to go and buy. I don't know, a new a new television, you would go into the or you would have done before the pandemic. Obviously, you'd go into a shop and you would look at them and you'd try them out and you would experience them, you know, and based upon that
1: experience, you would then purchase something. That is how I like to buy a TV. Yeah. By actually yeah playing but, with it. I can't buy a TV. Yeah, a lot
0: of consumer purchasing is is based upon some sort of trial or demo or friend recommendation, isn't it? And I just, I just think that business software hasn't necessarily been that way, but it is going that way. But I think, I think that's the difference. I think, you know, in, in your workplace, a lot of things were bought by management and dictated down. Whereas now the employees themselves are going, Oh my God, we must use Slack as a team. We must, we must. Uh And they're, they're almost forcing management into doing it because they've had this great product led experience or they just start using it without even telling management. They just all start Because using it's free, Slack and, they can, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. And then they tell management, "Oh, we've been using Slack for weeks, and it's been amazing, and we've improved productivity,
1: and we've built it into our processes now." So it's, it's yeah. Can, can we
0: can we buy it? It only costs this much money, and we unlock all this extra stuff. It's it's just flipping around how businesses. Buy software, I think.
1: So, what you've described there, you say it's free to start and then you can pay for unlocking extra features. Isn't that, don't we call that freemium? Isn't that yes. the same thing as freemium? Yes, definitely. But that's, I suppose, that's not what you're describing. You're describing something that's also got this onboarding process.
0: I, I don't think there's a single defined product led methodology. I just think it's the general it's the general thought process around giving people value straight away. Okay. So things that I think might be product led, so giving people for example like a free uh a free tool is kind of product led. Yep. So maybe yep. you give them like a cut down free tool that then they can buy a full version of. I think that's quite that's product led. Yep. I think letting people have some sort of trial is product led, I think.
1: The c- you the mean co- like a, a week-long trial, a seven-day yeah. trial?
0: Yeah, or or I have seen it before, and this is something that we want to try on our platform, is giving people like a lifetime free account, but with really low limits.
1: Yeah, okay, so that's the freemium that we described, isn't it?
0: Yeah, so you can you can sort of get logged in, and we're, we're going to obviously be able to capture those users and their email and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Get them into our ecosystem with a free tier, but hopefully, you know, it doesn't even matter if only you know, if only 2% upgrade, yeah. that's still, you know, good as long as we can get enough signups enjoying the free experience. You know, it's all about yeah, getting that yeah. volume up.
1: Yeah. And it's good that you, you've you got those people using it for the time that they will upgrade, which, you know, might be in a month or it might be in a year.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah? You're keeping people in your ecosystem because while they're registered, you can also do things like send them uh, mailings and you can try and get them engaged with the platform. You know, it doesn't... As long as you're in people's yep. as long as you're in people's consciousness, they might yeah, yeah. they might not need your product to a paid version right now, but you know, in a year's time when they do need it, you'll be there yeah. because they remember that they've got a free free version uh, a free account with you.
1: Yeah, definitely. Okay, so imagine if you are working for a software company, you're you're building some software. Yeah. Whose responsibility is it to onboard the users? You're the person who's building the software. You're making, I don't know, you're making Photoshop, something like that. Uh, is it your responsibility to onboard people as well, or are you just focusing on the, building the software? Or Is this the role of, one, of a, a specialist UX person that didn't exist before?
0: Um, I think it depends on so much. You know, our, our organisation is tiny, so people have to do you know people have to wear many hats yeah obviously in a larger organisation you probably could and maybe even should have a dedicated team just designed purely around optimising that con- the, you know that onboarding process um, mm. but i don't again i don't yeah. think there's a one size fits all and i think yeah. it's kind of naive to assume there's a one size fits all yeah but i think the responsibility of making it a great experience, you know, should lie with the whole team. It's, you know, designers, developers, you know, it's everyone working together, isn't it?
1: Yeah, definitely. Okay, so if I had a software product and I wanted to do some product-led growth, I mean, what, what what's the first start? What, what do I do to start, start? So the key
0: with product-led growth is making sure that you have a product that people can get value from. In a trial
1: well i'd hope so anyway no but you have to make
0: sure that your product is something so so a naive thing to do would just be to add a free trial or something like that to your website yeah but if your product is the sort of thing that requires a manual and a training session and people can't see value from it quickly right then you're just going to undermine your existing sales team. Do you know what I mean? So, just...
1: so people will log in and they'll go, oh, I don't understand this. It's rubbish. And it yes. never come back again. Yes. Yeah. If
0: your software product is really niche or... Do you know what I mean? It's not for everyone. I think it's kind of... It would be naive to say that product-led growth is this kind of one-size-fits-all for everyone. Um,
1: so what? Is this only for something that's got mass appeal then? I don't think so. I think no. something like... Um... a a very specific software you mentioned uh, Figma before and something like Photoshop those are um, not niche tools but I mean niche compared to the whole world's population I suppose (laughs) I think no I think the important thing is
0: it has to be something that people can get value from quickly and I think you have to have enough of an audience that you could make up the money on volume.
1: Oh, oh, right. Okay.
0: Yeah. You, you have to have something that people logging in for a trial are going to get value from, right? So there's no point doing product-led growth. Like I said, if you if your product requires like a, a massive training session or an a manual, then product-led growth isn't going to work for you because people are going to log in and go, what's this? Why do I care? and And, and leave. But also, you know, if you're doing really specialist medical software, there aren't enough people in the world to try and get into your trial. Because, you know, only a certain percentage (laughs) of people are going to sign up ever. You know, if your audience is, you know, 20 massive businesses worldwide, then product-led growth isn't for you. Because what do you do once those 20 businesses have had a product-led trial? it, it, It doesn't make any sense. So I think you have to have a large enough audience that you can you know, optimise your onboarding flow for. Um, yeah, okay. Optimise the process for. And I and I think... So, that, like,
1: cast a wide net.
0: Yes. Like, it. don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that you have to be, like, mass appeal Facebook, but you, you need enough people out there that might be interested. You know, you can work the percentages in your favour. You know, if you give out a thousand trials, you maybe get ten paying accounts from that. And, you know, those sorts of numbers, you have to make those work for you.
1: Mm. Do you remember years ago, there was a thing called... Google Wave I do and what they did is they they sort of sold it as well they didn't sell it it was free but they um, they made a big song and dance about it being this cool product that everyone's going to use and it's going to do this and that and you have to have a, an invite to get it, but it's uh, once you you get it, it's free. And and the the, the kind of the, the the way of getting it was like it was a prize to to get because not everyone had an invite. And once you you got it, you'd go through this probably short onboarding process, and then you're dumped into it. And I mean, what happens next is well, I can only tell you what happened for me, which is I realised I didn't have a clue what it was for, why I needed it, so I closed it and never went back to it ever again. <laughs> and I think a lot of people did the same thing and they probably were like, oh it's rubbish. It probably was a very cool tool, but with a very specific niche purpose that would be very, very useful and very good for a small number of people. But it was sort of given out to a wide amount of people who probably didn't need it. Wasn't
0: Google Google Wave like touted as a replacement for email?
1: replacement for email and also twitter and facebook i think maybe i think they were trying to do everything but also probably nothing
0: yeah that that's just another one of in a long line of google's flops isn't it
1: <laughs> can we do it can we do an episode about all of uh the things that google have uh canceled after a certain amount of time
0: well there's certainly enough there to uh to go on isn't there
1: I know. I, I could just read them all out to you.
0: <laughs> That'd fill an episode. That'd fill forty five minutes. Just, <laughs> <I know.
1: laughs>
0: just talk. Just a list of Google's failures.
1: Not, not to mention the amount of times that they've renamed their uh, the Google Docs uh, or Google Apps. Wait, Google Apps then became Google something.
0: Wait, hold on. It was called it was called G Suite for a while. G Suite. Yeah. Google Apps.
1: Changed to Google Apps, but that was too confusing. Because it's not actually apps.
0: Is it now called like Google Workspace or something? Isn't it called now? I don't know.
1: S- something like that. Yeah. They um, they want like to keep keep people on their toes, don't they?
0: <laughs> yeah. If you're interested in product-led growth, the guy that, that kind of figureheads the term and the, the area is, is called Wes Bush. Uh, and he's written a book and there's loads of materials online. So if you're interested in it, go and look it up because I'm sure... He explains it in far more depth and far more eloquently than than I have. So yeah.
1: (laughs) Wes Bush. Is that his name? (laughs) Yes, why are you saying it like that? What? I'm just saying his name. Wes Why
0: are you laughing? Bush. Bush. Are you just like he's saying Bush?
1: Is that is that what's happening here? Andrew, can I tell you about our latest Twitter followers, please? Uh,
0: yes. Just bear with me a second while I find out how to say hello in Russian.
1: In Russian? I, I haven't checked. I don't know if any of them are Russian. Um Привет. Are you Google okay. translating?
0: I think it's Privyet.
1: Right. Okay. Privyet. Right. So, okay. uh, Joshua Lawrence. Privyet. Privyet. Andrea McKinley. Privyet. Privyet. Zach Brickstone. Privyet. Jen Blatz. Previat. John Horrigan. Previat. What if you're saying it wrong? You're gonna look so silly. Google told me, so I'm trusting Google. Oh, okay. Uh, John Horrigan. Previat. Toby Anabisi. Previat. Jess Vice. Previat. Sarah Barkley. Previat. And Elaine Mateus Previat. Good. Three, two, one. Bad, bad usability, usability nightmare. nightmares. That could not have been more out of time.
0: It was. It was in time on my side.
1: Right. Have you got any? Uh, have you had a bad usability nightmare recently, Andrew? Well, I,
0: no. I've I've had the opposite. I've had a good usability, uh, excellent experience.
1: Whoa! A good usability wet dream. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I was trying to think. What's the opposite of a nightmare? Oh, okay,
0: okay, okay, okay. That makes that makes slightly more sense. Slightly, <laughs> only slightly. Okay, uh,
1: right. What's your good experience?
0: Well, we bought a new printer. Hold on, and and printers. It's... So, so just to prefix this, as I'm sure everyone else. Agrees. Printers are a nightmare. Universally. Oh my
1: god! Printers are the worst. You know, every bad experience I've ever had with technology, I think, has been a printer has been the root cause. (laughs) 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 So, I, I I suppose
0: it just goes to show how bad they were. That I was amazed when we got this printer and the lack of problems I encountered. It just stood out as a really unusual. Amazing uh, experience. <laughs> just the fact that nothing went wrong and nothing was difficult made it really stand out.
1: Yeah, you didn't have to install any drivers or anything like that.
0: All I did was I took the printer out of the box. I took off all the like packaging stuff. I put the cartridge in. Right. I pl- I plugged it in. The uh, the, the seven color cartridge. It, it's a it's a laser printer, so it's only got one toner cartridge. That's it. It's just one color. It's it's mono. It's black and white.
1: Oh, all right. So all you, did- you won't have that problem then, where it's run out of um, it's run out of magenta, and he goes, "I can't print black and white." <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, no,
1: we will not have that problem.
0: But but I was amazed. I like I plugged, I literally plugged it in, and then I thought I'd have to at least tell my computer that I'd got a new printer, but I didn't. It was just there in the printing options. Okay.
1: I just, you, no, I just no drivers. I, you'd have to install this. You have to put a CD in of driver disc or something. No. I just literally just went to file print and it went,
0: what do you want to print to? Do you want to save as a PDF or do you want to print to that laser printer? And I went, that printer. And then it just printed it. And when it printed it, it didn't get jammed. It didn't do like stripes across the page or like, it just printed what I'd asked it to print.
1: Wait, wait, wait. Did, did it print it in um, in A4 or American letter format or like Hungarian?
0: In fact, you know what it even did? It printed it. It printed it on A4, double sided. So it saved it saved some paper.
1: Oh right! It, it, you normally know have to really delve into the options to find the double sided option.
0: No, it just defaulted to like. I guess they probably want to save some paper. I'll do it double sided.
1: Oh well, this is a shock.
0: Oh, hold on, my headphones have decided to restart themselves, and I cannot hear you right now.
1: Oh my god! You've got technology that's far too complicated. Hello, I'm. I can hear you.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, good. Okay, right.
1: That's what, what happened there? Your headphones rebooted.
0: I don't know. Every like every once in a you've I've got, got ridiculous
1: you technology. I
0: know. I'm sorry. What was wrong with it? What was wrong with the wire? I
1: plugged mine in like a man. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the inconvenience that I can't walk more than two meters away from my computer like a man.
0: everybody knows women can't possibly <laughs> use plugged-in headphones.
1: Oh yeah, I don't mean. I meant. What, I meant I mean, it in what? this sort of like. I'm tough. I didn't mean that women can't use headphones. That's ridiculous. Uh, Okay. Like a real man, I suppose, is what I meant to say. I love the simplicity. Okay. The brutal simplicity of just plugging it in. I love sticking my thing into the slots. Can we move on? Uh, Yes, please. I don't know where this is going. Right. So after you've got a good a good story, we need a really bad one. I don't think I've got one that's that that bad, to be honest. I mean, apart from terrible technology I've been working with on a daily basis, but let's not let's let's not mention that. It's it's a bit too complicated to get into. Um, oh, I know just a really weird one. I mean, I, I won't be the first person to notice this, but so we use Skype to talk to other people on our team. We'll just Skype each other. You know, a lot of people, some people use Slack uh, video chatting and or Teams video chatting or whatever, but we use Skype. It's free. It seems fine. Yeah. Um, what do you use, Andy? At work, we use Slack. You use Slack. Oh, uh, we have to, you have to pay for it. I think we've got the, um, we've got the freemium version. <laughs> What I've noticed is that it, when it, if someone calls you and you press spacebar, it will um, it will answer the call even if you were doing something else. So if you're typing and someone oh. happens to call you and then you press spacebar, it will auto answer. So that's taken me by surprise a few times. Oh, I where someone calls me and then suddenly like their face appears and I'm like, whoa! I was just typing some, um, erotic fan fiction. That <laughs> <laughs> that is so annoying. I've, you know, I know what, yeah, and suddenly, yeah. Do you know
0: what though? I've I've had this, you know, thing stealing focus. Basically, that's the that's the bugbear, isn't it? I've had yeah, this with a lot I know, of things. Actually. Um, do you know what else does it? You know, if if you're on a Zoom conversation, okay, uh, and someone maybe it's in a window, and you're doing something else in another window. And then yeah. the person that you're on the call with decides to share their screen. Right. It just instantly full screens and takes over focus. So whatever you were doing, if you were in the middle of like typing something, it just uh, right. Okay. It just all suddenly gone. takes over, which I, is
1: Think of another another time when uh, focus is a problem. I've got I've got three screens here, right? Which is I mean, it's a bit ridiculous. I've got my laptop and I've got a Mac monitor and I've got a, quite an old monitor. I like to have the old monitor because. Um, When I'm making websites, I like to see what it's like on a really crappy old monitor and also a nice fancy new um, one with nice colours and stuff. Um, why am I telling you that? Oh, okay. So sometimes something will gain focus somewhere else that I'm not looking at, and I'll do something like delete, and the thing that I'm looking at hasn't deleted, but it's deleted something in a folder over over there. I think
0: I think this is. A, I find that a bit of a problem. Well, I think this is a bit of a first world problem though, because I think if you weren't such, a sho- I think <laughs> oh if, yeah, definitely. I think if you weren't such a show off with like four monitors, whatever it is, then three
1: three monitors. Oh yeah, four,
0: four would be excessive. Um, I think oh, if, that would be far too excessive. I think if you went <laughs> such a such a show off, then uh, yeah, you
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, not everyone's going to have that problem. I'm, I've got two monitors that I can't look at them all at once. Oh no, Whoa, that, woe is me! It, it, it is
0: a problem though, isn't it? Stealing focus, like yeah, I've had it before where I've almost sent people in chat uh, my password. So I've been like maybe on a website typing in my password oh okay and i'm not i'm not looking at the screen i'm typing in my password
1: so type 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 press return and actually it might have sent to a friend
0: yeah something else has stolen focus and
1: yeah it might it might send to a friend send my password to a friend that's uh dangerous you have to sort of see how good a friend they are will they log into your email and check up on your business
0: So I've got a bit of a bad usability nightmare. I I recently bought a new battery for right. my. I'm I've, I've, Your... I'm 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 a real geek. I've got a radio control car. Okay, okay. Fine. So it's like a, it's, a it's ro- not the re-
1: geekiest thing though, is it? Okay, is it the geekiest thing? I, I don't. It's not the geekiest thing you can have a battery for.
0: <laughs> it's up there though, isn't it? It's up there.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> I think pretty much, yeah.
0: But it's a it's a, it's a lipo battery. It's a lithium polymer battery, a bit like what you'd find in a phone
1: right this is where the geeky stuff comes in, is it
0: well maybe um but the the bad usability nightmare is that it has this charger right, and the charger doesn't just charge this battery, it can charge different types of battery
1: is this the but charger that came with it
0: no you you buy a charger separately, okay um but basically it has options on it it's not just it's not just like a you know like your phone just has a plug that you plug in it has it has settings on it you yeah. can choose like the voltage that it should charge on and the chemistry of the battery, whether it's like a LiPo or a, All right. a whatever it is, and you can change uh, the current that it's going to pump into it. You can... It, the settings, Sounds right? Sounds quite technical. Well, it is. And the problem is, okay, if you get any of these settings wrong, there is a not insignificant chance that it's going to set on fire. <laughs> and... <laughs>
1: <laughs> which wow that's that's a that's a failure in half isn't it which i think is a bit
0: of a a kind of a bit of a ux nightmare isn't it you know you choose choose the settings to charge this battery in your house if you get it wrong you'll die if you get it wrong there is definitely going to be <laughs> some flames and possible risk of death
1: oh wow okay yeah uh... i mean <laughs> Are the settings quite well because No. You'd hope Oh right. No. Because Because the battery the
0: terminology on that's written on the battery doesn't match the terminology on the charger.
1: What's the terminology? I don't understand. So, the terminology.
0: so on, on the charger you have to say whether it's one cell, two cell or three cells. Okay. But on the battery it says two s. What's an S? I don't know. But that basically means two cells. Two S means two cells. But
1: I assume you're spelling cells with a C, not an S.
0: Yes. As in two cell battery cells. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I don't know. But I, I honestly don't know, but there's all sorts of like crazy warnings on it. Like don't leave it unattended. Do whatever you do. Do not charge it up and then go to bed or whatever, because it's, you know,
1: the... <laughs> you have to be watching this battery the whole time it's charging. It's quite scary. It's quite scary. The way it's worded oh, yeah.
0: makes it sound like there's a fairly decent chance that it's going to burn your house down if you're not if you're not careful
1: wow, right I'd be very scared of that
0: um, but my point is why why is it if it's that dangerous,
1: why are they giving
0: a meathead like me the option to get it wrong
1: <laughs> <laughs> well I mean in America, they sell guns to people uh, you know in in hardware shops you can buy a chainsaw or something (laughs) people people sometimes do need dangerous tools it's just that
0: but i just i can't um, work out why it can't just you know you plug it in why can the charger not ask the battery what sort of battery are you and then why can't it just work it out why do i have to configure the charger in a way that's not going to burn my house down can it, ju- it, it? Can it's it just not
1: you to be an expert in it, isn't it? Which is, um, it's, it's a bit too much to ask for. <laughs> 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 yeah, I would be very worried about this because I'm, I'm no expert in battery charging technologies. I mean, who, who is? No, no, that's the thing. Like, I kind of get that. You know, if you, if you, it's
0: this kind of a specialist battery, and if you've got one, you are a hobbyist that's into.
1: Radio controlled cars. Yeah. But still, the chance well, you're going to get it wrong is, um, is, yeah. There is a chance. There but is a also, chance that you might just absent mindedly put it on the wrong setting.
0: Yeah. And, I, but, but, and I'm a hobbyist in radio controlled cars. My interest is not in battery chemistry.
1: Do you know what I mean? Like, and <laughs> <laughs> like, how do you spell cell with an S or a C? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, by the way, I'm sure if Joe's listening,
0: Joe will, will tell us all about, uh, what hey, the Joe? S oh, for. your friend Joe. Yeah.
1: Yeah, if, oh, he'll send us an email, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, he will. He will tell us. But, the yeah, I, I just don't know why I've got the option to burn the house down.
1: Why why
0: give me that power? Yeah. Uh, that just is, that, seems... is that
1: what the settings are? Is it like <laughs> one cell, two cell, three cell, house fire? <laughs> <laughs> I don't... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah,
0: I... <laughs> I think basically every option other than the right one is house fire.
1: Yeah. All right. Great. Great stuff. Anyway, that is the end of the podcast. If you have seen or used something unusable recently, we want to hear about it. You can email us at com, and we're on Twitter at Unusable Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, there's plenty more. In the last one, we talked about changes brought about by coronavirus that we think should stay. And uh we also have unusable T-shirts and hoodies available to buy on the website podcast.theunusable.com. that's uh, that's Andy's baby. The website, there, very, very, very proud of it. <laughs> static site, static site made by made in Eleventy, hosted on Netlify. Not that's not inf- not interesting information. Just it gets it gets a hundred
0: out of a hundred in every core web vital. Uh, sorry, in every um, lighthouse. Metric.
1: That's what you're proud of, right? Brilliant. Yeah. Okay, yeah. good. Anyway, uh, music is by Gold fifty four seventy two. Please subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast so you're getting a notification about the next one and that is it until next time goodbye au revoir <laughs>